0: Let's get ready to rumble!
1: Welcome to Netflix vs. Cinema, the podcast that's still reveling in the fact that cinemas are back, especially in the week that it has been announced that AMC Cinemas have had their share price go through the roof. My name is Tosin and I am the host. I am based in the United Kingdom, in the middle of the country, in a place called, well, in a county called Worcestershire, and joining me on the Isle of Wight, as ever, Sharon. Hello. And Sean. Hiya. How are we doing? Good.
2: All right, but, thank you.
1: So, But did you guys see the news earlier this week that AMC Cinemas, their share price has gone through the roof?
0: I heard it this morning. I heard it this morning, actually.
2: No, funny I enough. hadn't heard that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so much so that AMC, they're, they're, they're offering free popcorn to anybody who's invested in them. That's right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because obviously cinemas have had a, I've had a tough time over the last 12 months or so, over the last 12 plus months. And so they, they, all of a sudden the, the prices are going through the roof. And people think it might be a little bit like a GameStop thing. Did you guys hear about the whole GameStop controversy? No. Where uh, it, it's, a, it's a complicated thing, but it's, it has to do with shorting. So, you know, the film, The Big Short? And Big how Short, it, yeah. Yeah, it was it's something to do with that and how a, a whole bunch of market traders had, had bet that GameStop was going to fail. And so there was, a, there was an online group on Reddit who said, well, we don't like these market traders. We don't like the Wall Street guys and the Wall Street guys oh are head. always trying you know, to try push us around. So instead of letting the GameStop fail, they just started buying GameStop stock. stock. And because of the way the stock market works, if some pe- if people show interest... The price rises. could people show interest. The price rises. So Wall Street lost millions because of these guys <laughs> online. Who <are> going to- <laughs> oh, good. I'm pleased
0: about that. Yeah,
1: yeah. The, yeah. the Wall Street traders, essentially what happens is that this is what the Wall Street traders do all the time. But well, these guys online got together and did it to the Wall Street traders. And the Wall Street traders started crying, going, oh, it isn't fair. Government, stop them. Stop no. them. Look <laughs> what they're doing. It's not fair that they're trying, to, like, they're trying to take money from us. We're supposed to be taking money from them. And I think that's what they're doing now with AMC. Because I bet you that there would have been traders over the last year who would have bet sure. against cinemas yeah. coming back. They would have said these things are going to fail, these companies are going to disappear. They would have put their money and said that cinemas <laughs> are going to fail. And now people are biting back and buying yeah. AMC stock and making sure that it rises through the roof. And, <laughs> and I'm like, I am all for it. You get to screw Wall Street over, you get to keep cinemas. Hap- what's not to like? Yeah. I, <laughs> actually.
0: Actually, it's funny. You should, yeah, because, you know, I said I heard it this morning because I'm one of these people that listens to Radio 4 early in the morning. And yep. they were actually actually saying that it might be with, with all the stuff going online now and different traders, Wall Street and those sort of places might start to become a little bit not so important, you know, because... Uh, so yeah, so it,
1: it it will be good. It would be good. But the but we know what human nature is like. I mean I yeah. think if Wall Street becomes less important then all the people online will just become the new Wall Street. And the, yeah. <laughs> the, yeah, at the moment could. at the moment because they're smaller, we're seeing them as a Robin Hood in this story. But the more powerful they become and the more if influence that they have, the less there will be the Robin Hood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that just, that's, that's just the case. But, but anyway, let's talk about actual films. If you haven't listened to Netflix or cinema before, what we do is that we go to the cinema, which we can do again now. We go to the cinema and we see at least three things and we stay at home and watch about three things. We rate them all out of five. And at the end of the day, we top them up and we say, where was our money better spent this week? Was it spent better in cinema or was it spent better on Netflix and Friends, BBC iPlayer, Amazon Prime, Disney Plus, whichever other one is going to show up out of nowhere in the next couple of days? <laughs> because there's a new one every single day. Um so that's that's what we do so we are going to kick off we have a couple of things so let's just see well let's just run through what are the films that we are bringing to the table from cinema so from cinema i myself i am bringing what did i see i saw raya raya and the last dragon and um so sharon what are you bringing from cinema
2: i saw cruella at the cinema
1: cruella so so far a very disney heavy day and sure. Uh, okay, I saw a spiral,
0: a saw story or whatever. Spiral, and I mean, I might, I might just make a mention of the conjuring as well, and sort of hey. loop oh. them as one.
1: All right. So these were things that you saw last week, but you went yeah. so beast mode last week that there was nothing left in the cinema <laughs> to watch this week but no. Peter Rabbit two. And, <laughs> and even though i mean before we came what i know you were talking about it you're a bit of a completist and you're like oh maybe i should see peter rabbit too and i was like and i was like sean uh yeah. i think that might have been a painful couple of hours for you <laughs> I, I think i think it might have been a painful couple of hours for you especially especially because oh well i'm not so sure what you think of james corden but i can't imagine you're a big fan <laughs> <laughs> Cats. I will leave it at that. Cats. <laughs> oh, cats. Oh, why did I do that? Why did I even give why did you, anybody yeah, a chance? No, why thought. did I give anybody a chance to bring that up? Oh my god. Oh. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. You no, know, I think I'd rather talk about Justice League than talk about cats. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like... All right. So we will kick off. Let's kick off then. Um Oh, no, we haven't talked about what we saw at, say, at home on TV. So, uh, home on TV, Sean, what did you see? I saw Army of the Dead. Army of the Dead on Netflix. Cool, mm-hmm. I'm interested about that. Um, I have that on my list. Sharon?
2: I saw a French drama called Resistance, Resistance. Uh, which is what I saw on a catch-up service. Um, there's a series of, of European dramas called Walter Presents, or Walter mm-hmm. Presents, <laughs> Walter. and they, um, you can catch up with them online. So, I saw a French, yeah.
1: Resistance. Yeah, oh, core cool. resistance, and that is um, that is on all four. I'm guessing
2: because yes, Channel Four it.
1: is Channel Four in the UK presents uh, is the presents Walter presents. If that makes yes, any sense. So. Yeah, <laughs> and I saw at home. I saw a film on um Apple TV Plus, which is called On the Rocks, which is the new, which is a Sofia Coppola film. Cop- I don't even know how to pronounce the name. Is it Coppola or coppola But Coppola. Uh, I think. Yeah, Coppola. Right, cool. So, shall we kick off with cinema? Let's kick off with Sharon. Sharon, shall you tell us what it is that you want? We give ourselves seven minutes to review these films. So, your seven minutes starts any moment now. Hang on a second. I'll just reset this and delete that and put a seven minutes on there. Okay, your seven minutes starts um, now.
2: I saw Cruella, which, like Maleficent before it, (laughs) is a live-action Disney Film where they take a classic animated villain and they give them a backstory and a film of their own. Uh, so yeah, like Maleficent, it starts off with a young Cruella, and then we see the development of how she progresses to become the Cruella we know from 101 Dalmatians. So yes, it's um, it starts off with yeah an, an origin story. So how Cruella. Or as she, her birth name was, I've uh, forgotten completely. <laughs> it, it, it is
1: that relevant. It is that.
2: <laughs> re- it is quite relevant, but it's just gone. It's uh, It's it's. Uh, <laughs> no, it's gone. I'll have to look it up, um, okay. and I'll come back to that indirectly. But yes, yeah, so it tells her how basically how she was raised as a by a single mother, and how at school she was a bit rebellious, but she still managed to make friends, and how she ended up with these two um how she ended up basically on her own and living sort of in a squat with these two other young orphans and how they grew up um doing whatever they could to get by but they relied upon each other but throughout her life her passion has been for for design for clothes for statement pieces for taking the ordinary and making it into the extraordinary and this sort of leads her basically ultimately into getting a job in a fashion house where she meets this grand villainess called the Baroness, who is played by Emma Thompson, mm. and how she is inspired and repelled by her at the same time. But it's but it's that relationship with this designer um, that basically acts as the catalyst for her becoming um, truly, you know, Cruella. And... How it's—I don't really want to give too much away because I haven't seen a trailer for it. I didn't see anything before it started, Um so I don't know what was in the nope. trailer.
1: <laughs> okay, all right, cool. Look, I think I think so far you're giving us a really good sort of like a synopsis of of the film and all that. So when I heard they were making this film, my first thought was Estella. Estella is her Estella, original Estella
2: because I should remember it's like great expectations so right. yeah it's Estella is her name and then she plays on it to become cruella
1: okay so so the thing is like um when i first heard that this film was being made my reaction was one of just uh... oh oh, I mean oh for goodness sake why why do you need to go in there and mine it have you truly run out of ideas why are you going because Cruella DeVille is delicious in her animated form and in the previous live Ancient Incarnation when Glenn Close played her in the live action version of 101 Dimensions Cruella's and it's one of those things where one of the things that is so delicious about Cruella is how unapologetically horrible she (laughs) is yeah because her I, name
2: is Cruella DeVille and DeVille is devil, isn't it? So yeah, she is yeah. like the devil incarnate. I, I, yeah.
1: So so when I heard they're making this film and they, they decide to go and oh, well we're gonna give her a backstory. I'm like, Oh, this just mm. this has all the hallmarks of being a bad idea that is not going to work. But then I, mean, I heard that it had Emma Stone yeah. in it and I was like, okay.
2: Yeah, Emma Stone is Cruella and Emma Thompson plays Baroness von Hallmann, that's her I, name.
1: Yeah, and, and Emma uh, once you hear Emma Thompson, you kind of go, Okay, I'm I'm a I'm a bit more on board than I was five minutes ago <laughs> because it has Emma Thompson in it. Yeah, the and Mark is,
2: Strong is in it and Joel Fry is in it, and Joel McRae. There's quite a lot of young up and coming British actors in it as well. Yeah. So there's there's lots to yeah,
1: yeah, lots to like about it. But but for me it's all about the two Emmas. But Sh- Sean, you were gonna say something. Yeah,
0: I was just gonna say, I I do hope I mean with, with Maleficent it really, 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 really cheesed me off that they tried to be a bit forgiving with her. That was just totally ruined it for me. And I've got a real worry that they're going to try and make excuses for, a Cruella, for a Cruella de Vil, which I don't think they should do. Yeah. About I, don't know a... I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's, if they do do that, if they make you sort of feel something. Well, with any liberty. origin
2: story where the, the star of the film is, is you no know, is that the bad guy, then I think you have to make that, they're trying to sort of humanize these characters that were in the original sort of Disney animated films, the bad guys were just the bad guys. And I think they're now trying to say, okay, is there a, a cause and effect? I mean, uh, are they bad because they are just born bad or are they bad because circumstances have mm. made them bad? That's so right. I think they begin to make, Some people think, no, don't do that because it, Spoils you know, it. we don't need to have a motivation for our bad guys. Some people are just not very nice. They're just born evil. And I think, <laughs> but with all, with this Disney, it this is Disney. So I think they want to give even the bad guys a, a reason for being bad.
1: Because then Mine. they can make more money. But anyway, so what? So what did you? But what do you think of it as a film?
2: As a film, I enjoyed it. I thought, apart me, but, <coughs> excuse me, I think it was playing for nearly two hours long, or just over two hours. <coughs> excuse me.
1: No problem. No problem. I just
2: breathed in the wrong moment.
1: You need to go get some water.
2: It, it was two hours fourteen minutes long. So for me, about <coughs> it felt slightly too long.
1: Okay. okay. Um.
2: I'm gonna to have to just breathe for a moment.
1: Okay, yeah, you you, you breathe. Don't worry, everybody. We're we're keeping we're keeping an eye on her on Zoom, so we know if she's gonna fall apart, to go, Whoa! Nine one one. Sean I'm is not back. that far away. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm <Sean lit>. just... <laughs> um, no, I'm coming. I'm coming back. Yes, I felt for me. The only thing I felt was, at two hours and fourteen minutes long, it felt slightly extended. I like my dramas to be, under two hours, really. Unless it's full-on, it needs to be that long to tell the story. I think you can be guilty of padding. And I think and there's some scenes in the middle where there's like a battle of wheels between Cruella and the Baroness, um, which is not giving anything away because that is quite a big chunk of the film. Yeah. I think in some ways that went on for slightly too long. And so I think they could have been a bit heavier with some of the, maybe the editing and made it a little bit tighter. Because for me, yeah, two hours forty minutes for this type of film yeah. is stretching it a bit, mm-hmm. especially if you want to have a younger, and it's a 12A. But if you want to have a younger audience, you don't want to be sat in the cinema for two and a half hours plus adverts with children.
1: Yeah, yeah, because I have to admit, um, I did. I considered seeing this film, and I saw two hours fifteen minutes, and it just started bringing up all of my rejections or all of my objections to this film. And I was like, oh my god, why does it have to be 12 or 40 minutes long? They're going to mm-hmm. and even now that you started even when you were telling some of the story and they started putting all these things in about her childhood, I was like, that sounds like padding. I mean <laughs> that, that 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 sounds like padding. So yeah.
2: Yeah, and there's some scenes where you want to get to like, you know, there's naturally there's like a dramatic climax to a film. You want them to get to it a bit sooner. So for me it felt slightly long. But then for saying that, I did enjoy it. I mean, I didn't hate Maleficent. So I quite like this, you know, sort of almost like reinventing arch villains to Mm -hmm. give them motivation. So and, you know, her loyal henchmen, there's a reason why her henchmen are loyal. (laughs) And so you see the reason for that in this. So I don't mind that as in terms of like character development and sort of expanding that that. Existence of Cruella beyond the cartoon character. So yeah, I enjoyed it. I would definitely give it three stars. Okay. I don't think to me it earned more than that. Again, because I thought it was slightly long. But the characters, yeah, they're all played to the max. They, you know, Emma Stone can do big. Um, Emma Thompson can go big. And this was a film where you have to go big or go home. I think. So, <laughs> and I think they both they both sort of made the most of it because where it's in the fashion world they both got the knack of doing that whole i am posing and so they they you could tell that they were having a ball making it all right
1: good stuff yeah i'd Uh, give
2: three stars but probably i wouldn't give it more than that at its running time
1: Three stars to begin with for Cruella for Cinema. Out of the box. And we're gonna go over to Netflix, but I wonder what's going to be the next Disney bad guy mm. redo. Lady uh, Tre- Lady
0: Tremaine, I
1: expect. Is that is that um Aristocats?
0: No, that's that's um Cinderella, that's the stepmother.
1: Oh, oh. I was actually oh, the two, okay. and the
0: two daughters.
1: I was thinking the guy on the mountain with the lightning bolts in Fantasia.
0: Oh yeah, possibly. <laughs> <laughs> That's he's just a demon. I think he's just like Saturn, isn't he? Because the base of music to that is Saturn. I think he's just like supposed to be someone.
1: Yeah. Oh, oh Madam Mim. Oh. Madam. Madam Mim from the Sword in the Stone. <laughs> yep. yep.
0: <laughs> Madam Madame Mim worked together. There's another one you could have. Um, yeah, who else could See, you? Have? Well, this you could have having... my
2: lack of knowledge of classic Disney. I've: so so the, I the, think the Evil anything. Queen from Snow White. Snow
0: White. Yeah. Sound <gasps> oh, wait,
2: I've got it. I've sure, got it. The Nottingham.
1: I, no, I've got it. The next one is going to be the guy who shot Bambi's mum
0: yeah that'd do wouldn't it that'd do yeah you could have that
1: oh that would be a horrible i would like
0: to see the um the fox and the wolf from pinocchio see what why they were such a (laughs) (laughs) but anyway
1: okay anyway Anyway. uh, enough of enough of that i reckon okay so now we're going to go over to cinema i mean no go over to netflix and on netflix we have sean or me obviously we we mentioned we mentioned our good friend uh well a good friend's last work Zack snyder, justice zack snyder League, Zach snyder yeah and this is this is him this is him going back to what i'm hoping is his home this is him going this is zack snyder going home to something that fits him and yeah. something that should, should be should be like you know all the things that we complain about that have to do with like you know with with justice league and all that kind of stuff we shouldn't have those problems here so sean Army of the Dead. Army Zach of the Dead, okay. Zack Snyder, does, does, is
0: this Zack Snyder back home? Tell <laughs> this us. Back, this, yeah, Zack Snyder back home. And there's not so much slow-mo in this as there was in Justice League. <laughs> so, there's still slow-mo, but, you know, it's it's in the right places, shall we say. So, okay, basically, this is a story of, uh, there's obviously been a bit of a zombie apocalypse. And yep. uh, it's taken place in Las Vegas. And so Las Vegas is, like, ringed off with all the zombies and um, there's this this group of, like, mercenaries, different a lot of people that end up going to do a heist to, into this, this vault to get the money, like this um, chap turns up and he goes, oh, you've got 96 hours because they're going to nuke, basically nuke. Um, <laughs> <He uses> new <laughs> Las Vegas to get rid of all the zombies. New Las Vegas, yeah, to get rid of all the zombies. So And so it starts off with, it's Dave Bautista, he's, like, the lead of his gang mercenaries, and he goes around, gets some, some people together that have been fighting zombies for a while, gets a little like, group of mercenaries, a bit like the Magnificent Seven or whatever you say, and they, um, they've all got their different traits, and they go in, they they obviously go into Las Vegas, and, and Las Vegas, the landscape of Las Vegas, you've got all the big hotels, which are... And you've got two groups of zombies. You've got, like, the shamblers and the hibernators, and then you've got, like, a little group that are a little bit more... um they're, fa- they're the faster ones. Well, um, from,
1: from the tr- from the trailer, from the trailer, it seemed like in this film we have kung fu zombies.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Fast. So you, you've got the slowies, you've got the slowies, and then there's a group of fasties, which like, and as they go along, they're like, oh, you know, we we, we have to leave a sacrifice. And there's this oh, one of the guys. Oh, well, I won't give a spoiler, but anyway. So so this they'd be left alone with this clever, should we say, clever group of zombies, if providing they they. Get straight too far away from the, away okay. from the the past sort of things. So they want so to so so far
1: but. we have a zombie film combined with a heist film.
0: Yes, yeah, basically yes.
1: Which so. is which? So so from what I can understand is going into Las Vegas, <laughs> a destroyed into, Las Vegas. Yeah, going to a destroyed Las Vegas because. When people left Las Vegas with all the to all the zombies, they left a lot of money in the casinos. <laughs> yeah, yeah, So it's yeah. go in there, break in, get the money, get out before they nuke all the zombies. Oh, and while you're there, don't become a zombie yourself. That's it. Yeah, basically. So, so that that's basic. It. And and for me, this is the, it's the <laughs> kind of premise that I'm like. It's nice. It's simple. It doesn't require a whole bunch of story. You don't, need to re, you don't need to digitally erase somebody's mustache. You don't need to like. You don't need to start a campaign. This 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 seems nice and simple and. Almost three hundred, like, like you could do something. This could be three hundred Zack Snyder back again. <laughs> so, so with that, we know that this is like, oh, you know how last week we talked about Godzilla versus Kong, and I was like, yeah. we don't need no storyline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's it's a bit like that. So, with this film, Sean, I just I, tell me you've told us what happens in it. Tell us how did this make you feel? How did you react right. to it? So, right, um, so ah, oh, the titles, the the opening
0: titles absolutely brilliant there's some i mean i'm really into my opening titles and some of the best ones was mum and dad um and uh a few others i think it was the the anyway so so but to start off with the trailers because it's all like basically what's happening but it's all like you know like in um zombie land double tap yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. it gives you it gives you all the yeah. stories of like what's going on and yeah i mean there's all the zombie tropes there but it's like I don't know that that bit really, uh, really, really. I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm up for this. And there's like a real slow motion when they got like carpet bombing all the zombies and there's all flying around and like people getting bitten and shot. So the first and that the credits got to go on for a good seven, 10 minutes. And oh, wow, it's just you know, there's obviously the slow mo bits in there because he loves the slow mo bits. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's really good. And there's some terrific, terrific action scenes in it. One of the because should we say in this group there's someone who's not quite what he seems to be and so nah. and so um, when you've got a group of hibernating zombies it's there, they're like oh we can't make any noise we can't one of them saying follow me follow me and then
1: so but anyway okay, okay you see the no, no, sure, the before before we this film just <laughs> hearing about this film I was already getting some serious aliens vibes like the second film of the aliens franchise I was getting some serious aliens vibes what you have just said has has almost sort of like reconfirmed those alien. Yeah, yeah,
0: lives. yeah. Yeah, yeah, there yeah. There's there's some some great action sequences in it. Um and it's like when they do the obviously in you know, with bank vaults you need uh there's these comedic there's a few comedic bits in it, which were the whole thing. But anyway, so when you've got a big vault there's obviously hidden traps, isn't there, isn't there? Yeah. So it's convenient to send people in to, you know, set off traps and stuff like that. So there's some there's some <laughs> some funny moments in it, which and there are a few, a couple of moments where that I sort of get became a bit deflated. So mm. to me, this movie was was brilliant in parts, and then not quite so good in parts, and then something like then I had my huffy moments. I call them my huffy moments, where it's like, oh come on, no, that's a bit. Dumb. But there's <laughs> got to be a few of those in this. I mean, it's a zombie <laughs> film, for goodness sake. So yeah, the smart zombies. I'm not sure if I'm. If I uh, if I like that idea, I mean, I like yep. the idea of there being two different sets, but yeah, I mean, for action wise, it is 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 everything you want from a zombie film, you know? It's um, and as I say, you've got the the stock characters of like the mercenary and the guy's safe cracker and a yeah. couple, couple of women. And the one bit that is really, really, really annoying is um, Dave Bautista's daughter sort of ends up coming along and
1: yeah, um, I, was, um, I spotted that like, in the trailer. Yeah, and
0: it's like. And there were some moments where the two of them talking, you know, and they're trying to get to terms with it because he's obviously, Dave Batista's obviously killed the mum. So it's like, it's like.
1: There's like a a strange. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's a moment and they're just talking about it. They're going,
0: oh, come on. Why are we going into this? Just go shoot a few more zombies. So, so yeah. So, but I mean, yeah, on the whole, really, really quite good, enjoyable movie. Um, and as I say, I loved the titles, loved the opening credits of this. It's just like it's got opening credits. I love oh, yeah, it was um, Hardcore Henry was the other real oh, yeah, uh, hardcore Henry, yeah, with all the like yeah. slow mo of the you know, um, so yeah, and Mum and Dad was good with the credits, but anyway, yeah, so on the whole, I'm probably gonna give this one a three rather than a four, so mm-hmm. I'm gonna give it a three, but I did enjoy it, I did enjoy it, some bits unnecessary bit like probably a bit like Cruella just you know was like let's get on with it Mm -hmm. so yeah so this this will get a three star from me
1: all right cool no problem well the truth is it's Zack Snyder I, I I expected all those things I mean but bearing in mind that I think his his debut film as a director was the remake of Dawn of the Dead which I love which yeah, which I, I know. that's, yeah,
0: you, that's you, one you, of the few remakes that I actually really really enjoy.
1: Yeah, which you love. So I feel like uh, I do feel like this is a bit of him like going back home. It's kind of don't give me a pre-existing universe. Don't give me anything. Let me do what it is I want. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I still think that the, the height of his of marrying his style with some sort of substance is still three hundred. Three hundred. Yeah. I still yeah, think was... three three hundred is. In, for the kind of film that it is, is pretty much a perfect film. That's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's and it's. Um, so yeah, I still think of that that is. But with this, I was like, okay, cool. We're going back to we're going we're going to shoot them. Why are we shooting them? They're zombies. There's no. Other, why are we shooting? They're zombies. Why, why are we doing this? Zombies. <laughs>
2: he did have fast zombies in Dawn of the Dead, didn't
0: he? Yeah, they were. They were the fast ones. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: I, th- I think there was probably a few. Um, a few. What should we say? Uh, homages, you know, to to Dawn yeah. of the Dead. But then, yeah. then you're going to get that in any zombie film, aren't you? Really? Yeah, 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 get that zombies are zombies, movie. yeah. Yeah. But the fast zombies were a bit, bit ballet. Oh yeah, and watch out for the zombie tiger. Obviously-
2: oh yes yes I've seen that <laughs> well, oh so is, but that- is that a nod to The Walking Dead because they titles, <laughs> yeah
0: don't they? possibly possibly but it, yeah The Walking t- yeah The Zombie Tiger well, amongst other that- among, among, among other zombie curiosities <laughs>
1: yeah but, but the thing is it's we're typical nowadays trailer making there's tigers in the trailer <laughs> the tiger is in, in front and center in the trailer. So yeah. that's no surprise. I know the tiger's in the film. Anyway, <laughs> so and it's on the trailer, they show you on Netflix when you go on any... All right, cool. Now we're going to go back to cinema. So we have 3-3, three, three, round one, three, three. Now we're going to go into cinema, and this is a film that very easily could be on the Netflix side of the equation because this is a film called Raya and the Last Dragon. Um, it's a Disney animated movie, and it's a film that was they had a lot of push towards it. They had a lot of push towards this film before the pandemic hit, and it was going to be a big deal because, you know, the same way they were talking about Mulan as in being a film that's actually going to represent China. And this is a film that was going to have, the way they put it was Disney's first ever Southeast Asian story. But because, you know, they always have to solve Categorize everything and break everything down. So well, this is the first film that uh, stars a dog with spots on it called Bob as a lead character, and they have, they have to do all this sort of stuff. So they were going to do. They were, this was going to be a big deal, and they were in the middle of production when um, when the, the pandemic hit. So they couldn't actually go into the studio to finish up the film. So every, pretty much everybody took their work home with them, and they finished this film in isolation with people all over the world in different homes putting this film together and doing the voice work and doing all that. So just from, and it came out on Disney plus a while back, but it was one of those premier access things where you had to pay 15 quid to watch it on top of the money you already paying for Disney plus. And as you know, I wasn't going to do that. So I'm actually quite happy that this mm-hmm. film got to have a release instead of us. And I think the, the, the film kicks off and it sort of sets the scene. Like, you know, Disney it's uh, the, setting the scene is almost Disney one Oh one. And I think the people who are making the film, they know, okay, this is Disney setting the scene 101. So they try and play with it a bit. Because it starts off when you have this sort of desolate, desert landscape that could would not be out of place in Mad Max. And then you see somebody just sort of rolling through on this big thing. Or like, it looks like a big wheel and like just rolling through. And then the voiceover comes up and it goes, I know what you're thinking, right? A, desolate, a desert landscape? A lone rider? post-apocalyptic world. Well, how did we get here? And then it sort of goes back <laughs> and tells you all about how, what actually comes up with this. So this is a world called Kumandra. And Kumandra is to Southeast Asia what Wakanda is to Africa. It's a made-up place that has like different uh, elements of different Southeast Asian con- countries dropped in around it. Uh, but all I can say is this film kicks off and they ex- they're introducing you to the five tribes that make up Kumandra. So let me get this right. This. There's Fang, Talon, Tail... Spine and heart, and because the map of Komandor actually looks like a dragon, and each one of them is named over which bit of the dragon they live at. So there's these five tribes and all around them, and they're, when they're introducing them, they and in the within the first ten minutes of the film, the fact that a durian, that a durian the shows durian up, fruit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, durian, durian fruit shows up in the first ten minutes of this film. And once I saw that, I was like, I think the right people are making this film. <laughs> toast, toast. Yeah. Just on one of my tangents. I know
0: durian is is like you get in Southeast Asia. Can you get durian in Africa as well?
1: Never seen it. That, never seen it, no. Never. I, I never saw, well, you might get into some bits of Africa, but not in Nigeria, not in West Africa. It's not a big thing. I think right. we would run away from anything that smells that bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so, yeah, the fact that a durian shows up. And th- so you get all these little, little things. I mean, for me, the two things that made me think the right people made this film was that, A, a durian shows up in the first 10 minutes. And B, the greeting that one person gives another greeting when they meet them for the first time is, have you eaten? Which if you have been anywhere in Southeast Asia, like I know in Singapore, in (laughs) Malaysia, that is the thing. You see somebody and you ask them, have you eaten? Not hello, it's have you eaten? (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, okay, cool. I think I'm going to like this. So with this film, it is an adventure film. It's one of these things where, you know, you have to go... The whole idea is that you have a, you have a land and something terrible happened to the land uh, sometime in the past. And now we need to go forward and we need to get all these things together. When we get all these things together, the land can be healed. It's that kind of story. It's a story you've heard before and all sorts of stuff. There's a lot of things about this that remind me of Kubo and the Two Strings. Mm-hmm. If you remember the sort of motion yeah. animation from a couple of years ago. Because Raya... Is she is on? A, she's on a quest because her father believed that Kumandra could be one could be one country again. Because what happened is that in the in the folklore, there were these horrible things called the droons that turned everything they t- touched into stone. And they came in there, but there was one dragon that actually sort of like sacrificed herself and re- released this gemstone that dispelled the Druun And as long as the gemstone is there, the drunes stay at bay. And so this gemstone is in heart, but all the other tribes believe that if they get the gemstone then their land will prosper as much as heart is prospering so there's this fight in between the whole thing and because at the beginning of the story somebody trusts somebody that they shouldn't something goes wrong the droon come back most of the country gets turned into stone then and raya is on a quest to find the last dragon bring the last dragon back and then bring the land back so that's it The things I'll tell you about this film, the fight scenes in this are the best I have ever seen in an animated film. Honestly, they are like proper, proper action sequences that looks like something out of Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon or something like that. You can see that they have taken time to understand martial arts and they've actually done all these things. Brilliant. Some of the set pieces, because there's a little bit of Indiana Jones type stuff in there as well. Some of the set pieces I think are absolutely brilliant, um, the way they put them together. I think the story holds together quite well. And the voice performances, because you have Aquafina. Aquafina plays Sisu, the last dragon of the title. And there are some times when I get worried with Aquafina that I'm going to get tired of her, and I'm going to get tired of her shtick, and I'm going to get tired of that whole thing. But it actually really works in this. I think it's pulled back enough, the bits where she's been. Um, when she's trying to deliver something emotional it works. The bit where she's trying to be funny it works. So I actually really really like this film. Obviously it's animated and I am already predisposed to like it but I think that they they did really really well. and really really impressed and this is the film I was talking about that I was the last person in the cinema waiting there <laughs> watching all of the credits because I was like just in case something comes up couple of things i look for i look for any nigerian name mm. <laughs> any nigerian name whatsoever in a in a cast or crew i'm like oh yeah i saw one there's one and also at the very end they say um they, they there's something that they put that I, I really really liked which was they thanked everybody for taking their work home and the fact that this film was made in over 400 homes around the world because people had to do that and so and thank you very much for putting up with that inability to deal with zoom and then in brackets <laughs> they go Dave you're still on mute <laughs> <laughs> and that's right at the end of the credits and I'm like okay I like this I really like this <laughs> where this film was made and I would give it a 4 out of 5 so if you, can, if you can track it down I'll say Ryan the Last Dragon and Sean I know you love that area of the world I, I do think, yeah I think that there would be little things dropped here and there that you would that that you would you would see and you'd be like, ooh, that that tribe, they're the Filipinos. That tribe, they're Indonesians. That tribe, <laughs> <Excellent>. <laughs> and they have all these different things in there. It is it's it's actually just really really cool. And I should I, I should would try and see it.
0: that. I should try and catch that one.
1: Yeah, I would recommend that. So so that was um, Raya and the Last Dragon. Yeah, as I said, uh, gave it four out of five stars. I quite, um, quite enjoyed it although I think that you know some of the problems that it you know when we talk about Kubo and the Two Strings some of the problems that Kubo and the Two Strings has I think this has as well like right. the like the fact that the, the quest is we need to go there and get this thing and we need to go there and get that thing and we need to go there and get that thing and the, the setup of going there to get something seems really really great but then when you get there it seems like it's over before anything happens like one of the lands in particular Talon Talon they one of the lands they go to, and they have this wonderfully rendered night scene, and it's like a night market and everything. It just looks amazing, and it was over too quickly. I—I I actually went. I was like, I want to spend more time in Talon. I want to spend more time with that. Bit was great. I want to—I want to spend more time there. But it's like, no, no, we go where we came here for goodbye. And it's like, what? Well, but 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 there wasn't enough of a of a fight. There wasn't enough of a resistance. No. <laughs> So so yeah, uh, a similar thing. But anyway now, we go from cinema and we go back to Netflix and Friends. And we Sharon, we have you here with a film called Resistance or a TV yes. series called Resistance. So yes. please tell us all about Resistance.
2: This is a French drama and it's from actually from 2014. So it's been out there a while, but this um collection of sort of European television under the, the Walter Presents banner, um, they sort of basically drag out all these sort of different dramas from across Europe that have been widely appreciated, but haven't really necessarily been accessible to a British audience before now. Uh, so yeah, I went and I do keep an eye on them. A lot of them are crime dramas, which um, after the killing, they suddenly think, yeah, let's have some, you know, subtitled murders, um, which... I I do enjoy that sort of drama but a little goes a long way. So this one is called Resistance <laughs> and it's about as you would guess the the French resistance but told from the point of view of of the French. And uh, so it's basically it starts off with a at the beginning of the war when the battle of France has ended. So effectively it's the beginning of 1940 after the French have surrendered and the Vichy government has created a occupied zone and there is the so-called unoccupied zone or the free zone in the south of france and at the beginning of the, the war um to most of the french there was the, the german in the occupying army were portrayed to be as you know friendly invaders they were like you know the they don't they tried to sort of have publicity shots with like the really handsome tall blonde Good-looking German soldiers, like strolling around, being friendly to the the, the French girls, being at like, the model occupying force, rather than uh, an occupation of hostile people. Yeah. And for that reason, in the Vichy controlled the the, collaborat- the collaborating part of the French people, and um, the French police were left in uniform, and the secret police worked alongside the Gestapo were were mainly Frenchmen. So the police were set up as run by the french to police the french it was supposed to be i think so in the midst of this you get this fictitious character called lily and she is a character that basically you see the war through her eyes and she encounters through the years of the war real people of the french resistance so people who are documented as this is their experience and so she is sort of like weaves her way through meeting uh, a resistance cell that based out of one of the museums where they published a newspaper at the beginning of the war through to them trafficking the escaped airmen down through france into free france and then when the occupation expanded dealing with the resistance cells that occupied the south of france and um, how the story of the resistance changed as the war progressed so you see a fictitious character but interacting with people that we know existed in the French resistance and how the nature of the French resistance changed over the years of the war. How it started off basically about free pre- pre- free press, they they produced newspapers and they distributed it, and then helping people escape, and then actually later on an armed resistance and sabotaging things. So yeah, it's, quite, uh, it's over six parts, so you do get to see how this one young woman, who's like a teenager at the beginning of the story, um and how she has basically reaches her maturity through through the war years and how it affects her personally and how it affects mm. her friends and how she personifies this sort the spirit of the resistance through this one young woman.
1: Alright, cool. And so um we know you love your history. Yep. We know we know you love um of oh, we we know you love your history we know you love sort of story so what how did this get you what did you think about it
2: I enjoyed it in some ways in some ways I thought it was quite typically French because <laughs> there's a which is how stupid it's a French drama um but its attitude to the resistance I thought was quite um of its type because at the, at the end of the war when Charles de Gaulle um was returned um after the, the liberation at the very end of the war and then the beginning of peace. And when they said, you know, what are you going to do about the Frenchmen who were the policemen? And what are you going to do about the French secret police who ran the police? And what about these other people who collaborated? And he said, everyone was resistance. We are going mm-hmm. to treat all Frenchmen as if they were part of the resistance. We are going to, basically, we're not going to, we're going to ignore that, that collaborative, collaborative part of our history yeah. and we yeah. are going to embrace the fact that you know we all resisted in our own way and we know that wasn't true because i think frenchmen turned in more frenchmen than any other country yeah, in the yeah, world yeah, yeah, yeah. that was occupied at the time so they did take that approach to it that you know people who collaborated were like well they were just doing what they could to survive and then there was you know but we really were all front you know, Frenchmen resist, French women resist. So I think it played into that idea of them, them themselves that they were a, a nation of people who fought the occupation rather than what we know to the fact that that there was there's a documented evidence that there was a quite a widespread collaboration in some quarters.
0: Mm, very much um, so.
2: So, yeah, and it did shy away from a lot of the how the Jews were turned in and rounded up by French policemen. They were rounded up and shipped off. They did sort of gloss over some of those more ugly aspects of occupation. But I thought, as a story of a one young woman and her sort of journey through the war, I thought it did neatly link up the different ways that the the resistance did change throughout the war. And obviously, no one person would have been in all these five different areas of like resistance, no one would have been doing the newspapers, escorting airmen, and then bombing things later on. There was no one person did all that, because basically they didn't survive long enough to do all those things. (laughs) So I found it, yeah, I found it good. I found it quite sort of interesting to see it from a different cultural viewpoint, because what I've read about it has been written by people who are either American or British looking at the and obviously, with a slightly more jaundiced eye. But as entertainment, I thought, yeah, there was sort of drama in it, there was tension, there was romance, there was friendship, there was tragedy, there was pathos. So it, it sort of touched all those sort of key points that you would want from an emotional story about occupation. But for me, it sort of it did feel slightly lacking. I thought it lacked a little bit of humour because you can look at some of these things, and to me, it reminded me a little bit of The Secret Army and Hello, Hello, and it. Because it tried to be serious and take its subject serious, it then strayed into slightly into sort of parody because it was so, you know, you know, girls in ankle socks with overcoats, and all the all the Gestapo were wearing black overcoats with black <laughs> sombrero hats on, and they all sort of leaned up against and looked at people. So it fell into stereotypes in a few places, but I would say it's entertaining, and I'd give it three stars.
1: All right, cool. Good stuff. So it, it, do you think it is like one of those things where all that all that stuff might have been true, but it's been parodied so much that anything, that anything that looks like that immediately looks like parody?
2: Yes. When all the French policemen basically were wearing trench coats and black, these black hats. And so when they walked into a cafe, it's like, they're police.
1: Yeah, you know who they
2: Next are. <laughs> There's no, no
0: pretense with these people.
2: No, and all the, the French girls, they weren't all wearing like berets and sort of bouted Macintoshes, but you've got the feeling that they, <laughs> they probably would if they could. So it you would, <laughs> yes, that did you know, prop into my mind a couple of times.
1: Yeah, but <laughs> it, it's funny, it's a bit like, I know we spoke about Ragnarok, which was kind of like, a, almost of like, Norway reclaiming its own mythology and being the one to tell its own yeah. mythology and all that season kind of stuff. Season
2: two I shall be reviewing soon. <laughs>
1: yes, yes, Ragnarok season two coming out soon. And you have all these different things. And I quite like it when you have different um, cultures pretty much reclaiming. I'm yeah. saying, we're going to tell our own story. as a, So it's, it's interesting, as you say, like, you know, the sort of French view on it and the way that we're going to, the way we're going to look at it as opposed to the way anyone looks at it. All right, cool, and now we're going to a final round. a final round are to go back to cinema, and we're going to go back to cinema for a film that I do not bear much hope for. And bearing in mind that Sean is the one recommend uh, Sean is the one reviewing it, I also do not bear much hope for this film. <laughs> because it is, it is, it, it's kind of like, you know, it, it's like The Perfect Storm. It's a modern <laughs> horror movie. I was... Sean is reviewing a modern <laughs> horror movie. I... Sean hasn't been scared by a modern horror movie in what 15 years. Yeah, Sean yeah. usually <laughs> spends a lot of the time going that's stupid. And uh, this is a reboot. It's a reboot of what was everybody admitted was a tired franchise. How many inventive ways can you find to kill people? How many poetic ways can you find to kill people? So I'm not expecting much. So with that, I would say next up is Spiral. A spiral, yeah, a Spiral, okay. Sure, take but, it away.
0: Okay, yeah, I decided to do a, a horror double bill, so I also went went. So I also went to see The Conjuring. Okay, yeah. Um, the third one in The Conjuring, so... But, uh, yeah, that's uh, just a three-star. It was okay. It wasn't. Yeah. It didn't frighten me or anything like that. It was pretty much what it was. It was probably the better, better one out of the, that series. But anyway, Spiral. Let's get on to Spiral. A Saw story or whatever it's called. Spiral. Anyway, <laughs> Spiral
1: so yeah. from the book of Saw.
0: That's the one. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, I'm. I'm not. Uh, I, I'm not like um, uh, invested in the Saw films. In fact, I don't think I've ever. I, I probably have seen one, but I, I've probably seen one, and that's it. I think I've seen the one where. I don't know. They, they all seem to be the same, I think, when the hands are tied and like something's coming towards them, like a big axe or a big chop or a big, you know, it is what it is. Um, OK, so I didn't go in too much expecting too much of this one. Um, and it starts off, there's like some killings going on and they obviously say, oh, these are copycat Jigsaw. Oh, I thought Jigsaw was dead. Jigsaw obviously being the. They saw one. Oh, I thought Jigsaw was dead. So, is this a copycat killer? What's going on in that?
1: I don't um, even watch the Saw movies. On even I know they played that you
0: <laughs> before. <laughs> right. So anyway, um, so what you've got is it's like a. To, this is more of a detective story than it is a. A. I mean, there's there's horror in it, and there's there's ridiculous amounts of blood and and gore and stuff. You know, like because I think it is an eighteen. I'm not sure what certificate it is, but I'm pretty sure it must be with that. But anyway, cut long story. it's it's like an investigative thing. It's like a a, a police story, really. Yeah. Rather than because uh, they're investigating these murders and things. But you've got Chris Rock. Chris Rock is a detective. Now he doesn't really I don't know, I fanny with Chris Rock, you know, it's not a sort of role. I I I don't know if I could take him serious. But anyway, he's there's there's a lot of there's a lot of police that are uh crooked, that uh, there's a yeah. lot of police that are doing thing, and he's he's like He's like shopped one of them. So his partner was one and he sort of shopped him in. So no, no one really likes him and all that. Yeah. But the thing is, with Chris Rock, has he ever played any other straight
1: roles? He's kind of, <laughs> kind of. He, I oh, mean, right. uh, what I think of, it, I think of the, there was a film called Bad Company. Oh, right, okay. With him and Anthony, Anthony Hopkins, where it's an action movie, but he's still kind of, he's still a bit yeah. comedic in it. He was in, in Lethal Weapon 4, well, uh, but but he was still a bit comedic in it yeah. um but, but in, is, in in this yeah. he's
0: supposed to be playing a sort of really really straight character so he's supposed yeah. to be really really straight and he's like he's like the good cop you know he's he's got attitude he's got but he's still when he when he goes up an octave in his voice and that it's still like his comedic roles you know yeah. I, mean, I found really really hard to Disassociate myself from
1: no, I know exactly what you mean. As Chris, Chris being in a straight role, I think, uh, I think pro- probably probably the most serious I've seen him was a film called Top Five,
0: right. which was
1: kind of which was kind of like a sort of grown-up romantic comedy in the sort of before sunrise, before sunset mold with him oh, and okay. Rosario Dawson. Yeah, yeah but yeah, that, that's probably it. But yeah, Karen.
0: Okay, and then you've got um, his dad is uh, Samuel L. Jackson, mm-hmm. right? And he was he was uh, like the the you know he was he was the head of the police department and all that and to me i think sam jackson it just felt like oh this is just a, a yes, money sam earner jackson. for me yeah yeah sam jackson this is a money earner. it's not like i have not got to do any anything great you know except for, say the mf word if you cut the yeah. talk you know just <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> say that uh, yeah it, so it, yeah it, anyway basically so you you got these things and it turns out that that it's these these um these the the people that are getting killed are Bent, so mm. uh, bent policemen so they're obviously bent policeman and i mean i don't really want to give any spoilers but yep. it all goes back to which, which i thought was quite good i thought it was quite a good twist actually because it caught me out it caught because i mean i'm oh, generally oh, oh, quite oh. good at these things
1: don't, don't, don't tell us what the twist is i'm not
0: going to tell you what the twist is but i'm just saying it was like it was
2: a twist and you didn't see it coming
0: <laughs> No, i didn't see i didn't see it coming and it was it was like i thought oh my goodness and it all ties in with with the previous sort um, of films. say with 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 yeah with the, with I would uh, sort of say yeah with, so so it all sort of goes back to to uh, Chris Rock if you like, but okay. So but anyway, the torture scenes, you know, there's they're pretty much. I mean, like, I don't know if they could do it. There's one where there's like he's got loads of stuff and his blood's draining out of him and all stuff like that and he's tied up. And, um, but for a detective film, if it was a detective film. And Chris Rock, I could, I'd been able to dissociate myself from Chris Rock playing a straight <laughs> detective. This might have been a, a an okay film. This might have been a, a pretty good film. And it wasn't as bad as I was expecting it to be. I was expecting Ooh. it to be really, really awful, and it wasn't as bad as I say. I really didn't see the twist coming, and I really quite liked the twist. I thought, Do you know what, that's really, really good at the end. I thought that is a that is a good. Good, uh, good twist. And as I say, I did not see it coming anywhere. Oh, all right, um, good. And but and yet and yet now, when I think back to it, if I was to watch it again, you've got all the clues. You know, you've got all the, all the, all the clues leading up to. All oh, right, okay, yeah. Now we can see where this is coming from. You know. Yeah. So. Yeah. And of uh, course. Uh, yeah. Go on. Then.
1: Uh, all right, cool. So yeah. So how many stars would you give it?
0: Well, this one, I'm going to give a three star. Yeah, so see, now- three star.
1: I would call that uh, for spiral. I would call that an absolute <laughs> triumph mm. because I was expecting Sean to have like yeah. knives sharper a lot of issues. And, yeah, <laughs> uh, coming. I was expected to hear the words. Went- Why would you do that? <laughs> multiple times, and I'll, so I would call the. I would say well done because Chris Rock came up with the idea for this film, uh, uh, and uh, it, it, without Chris Rock, they wouldn't have. Uh, I think they pretty much left Saw to be dead. Right. Uh, yeah, uh, but I uh, but I think I know what you mean because I've seen the trailer for this, and there's there's one shot where they have Chris Rock, and he goes, "Did you notice anything unusual?" <laughs> and and that one shot, I'm just kind of like, I don't think this is gonna work. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kind of like. I'm, I mean it's horribly horribly prejudiced but it's going to go I don't think it's going to work I don't think Chris Rock is going to be able to do this
0: I mean as I say this wasn't really a horror film to me this was more of a detective drama you know with with, with lots of blood and I think I think well let's just say yeah I mean I wasn't like like ready to go I wasn't and and it entertained me and that was much better maybe it's these films sometimes you go in with really really low expectations don't you yeah And sometimes they're... So so maybe that was part to do with it because I did have really low expectations. And then again, there are films that you have low expectations for and they are low expectations. But this one... They go even lower. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they go even lower.
1: (laughs) Like, uh, yeah. They limbo. They limbo right (laughs) underneath (laughs) your expectations. (laughs) Like cats.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. So yeah, so uh, it surprised me, this one. It surprised me,
1: but yeah, it gets a three star, so... Alright, cool, Good. cool, no problem And so we come to our final film Our final film of the evening And this is a one that I saw on Apple TV Plus And this is on The Rocks Sophia Coppola She of, um, I think it's it, One of the things I love about Sophia Coppola Is that she has become She is a recognized, respected filmmaker In her own right No longer do people see her as Ooh, her daddy made a great film once it's, it's kind of like, they actually, they look at her, and so she's famous for Lost in Translation. It's probably her most famous mm-hmm. thing, Lost in Translation, with Bill Murray and Scarlett Johansson. And this is her reuniting with Bill Murray. And it's a film that kicks off, and it's a black screen while they're still doing the credits. And you just hear somebody come on, come on and say, you hear Bill Murray's voice speaking to somebody and um it becomes apparently speaking to his daughter and he says it's like okay and now we know what's going to happen we know what are you it's she's like i'm yours like yeah that's right you're mine you're mine until you get married and even then you're still mine (laughs) and then it cuts to the future where this daughter has grown up and the daughter is played by rashida jones and she's now grown up she's gone married um she's got she's gone married she has two kids And the whole idea of the film comes about because her husband is starts up a, he starts up a, he has a startup company and he's away from with work a lot. And one of the people that he's away with work with is called Fiona, and she thinks Fiona is actually quite beautiful. And her husband has spent a lot of time with this with this person. And there's all these little things that keep happening in the relationship that make her worry. Um, Like one night he comes back, um, her husband comes back from a flight to London, and climbs into bed and starts kissing her. And then she's like, hey, what are you doing? And then it's like a husband realizes that he's kissing her and goes, oh. And then rolls over and goes to sleep. So she starts asking her friends. She starts asking her friends. And she's like, does this mean anything? What do you think? Do you think he thought I was somebody else? Why would he be kissing somebody else? All that kind of stuff. And so they're like, oh, no, don't worry. It's fine. It's fine. But then she phones up her dad, who's played by Bill Murray, and says, what do you think this means? And her dad is straight up like, he thought you were somebody else. And you find out that her dad is like this, sort of, he's no longer with her mom because he cheated on her mom. And he's like this sort of aging Lothario who pretty much all of his ideas of this is a man who has never heard of the term gender politics. Or sexual, or like you know, or giving women the vote. So that he is stuck in the seventies, and so he, so Bill Murray shows up and he's kind of like you know he's like this rich art dealer type who sort of like goes to private clubs in New York and all that. And he says, and he's he's kind of person to tell you things like, look, women are like this, men are like that. Every single woman that he meets, even though he's with his daughter, he hits on. <laughs> that is just good. Kind of, you know, imagine the kind of Lothario that Bill Murray can play very, very well. And even though this guy should be a bit of a dirtbag bill murray can make him charming <laughs> that's the that's the kind of that's the kind of character that he is and he convinces her that what they need to do is that he's like look there's no way your husband is not cheating on you he's a man therefore he's cheating on you yeah. let's let's um let's tail him so it becomes a bit of sort of like sort of weird detective stakeout film where they follow him around in different places uh, like at night and you the way as it's going up you start realizing that this might not really be about tailing the husband but maybe it's just about a dad who really wants to who has who misses spending his time with his daughter and possibly possibly regrets what he did earlier in his life that meant he didn't spend enough time around with his daughter uh, so it, it but the, the tailing of the husband goes crazy there's a bit where she leaves her she leaves her children with her mother and they both hop on a plane to go to a resort in Mexico because they're tailing it. <laughs> And it just gets silly and it gets more absurd and it gets more absurd. And you can probably hear a baby in the background. Uh, <laughs> I'll go deal with her in a second. And it, it just, it gets, it gets more absurd and it gets more absurd. And it's kind of one of these sort of quietly funny films. That isn't it isn't really so sort of like massively funny, haha. You know, you don't find yourself laughing out loud. But there's tiny little vignettes and tiny little things, like a bit where he's driving a car in it, he's driving a car like a madman in New York and he gets pulled over by policemen and the way he gets out of being given a speeding ticket by these policemen, you just kind of like Essentially Rashida Jones is in the scene and she's rolling her eyes. And she is the audience in that scene because we are all rolling our eyes at like, Oh my god only Bill Murray could get away with that. Mm-hmm. That kind of stuff. So all in all, I thought it was quite a good film. I thought it was quite a good film. It's going to be very slow for some. Some people are going to wonder, okay, when does this thing happen? When does the plot actually kick off? What is going on? But it's one of those so sort of slice of life kind and it's what Sophia Sophie Coppola does anyway, which is that she does slice of life so sort of, a bit meditative, a bit let's make let's you think about your life and it's the kind of film that you finish and you go, you know what? Maybe I should call my parents. I haven't spoken to my dad for a while or something like that. It's a maybe they do want to spend some time with me. I don't really know. So it's um all in all, I'll give it a three out of five. I thought it was well done, well acted, Bill Murray is excellent, Rashida Jones is really, really good. and you talk about comedians. You talk about comedians playing a straight character like you know, um uh Chris Rock. Hang on a second. I'm feeling I'm feeling really bad as a dad right now because I'm like I should go yeah. do something I should go pick her up but I know she's with her mum I know she's with her mum <laughs> so I'm going to it's the
2: last review of the show she does it's the
1: yeah. last review of the show and she's like it's daddy daughter bath she's time saying,
2: that's it
0: yeah come on dad
1: where are you where are you where are you dad stop talking about films yeah. and come pick me up stop talking about a fictional dad and be a real dad <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I think, and we're talking about comedians playing, uh, playing a good role, playing a straight role. And Marlon Wayans, who's one of the Wayans brothers, he does really, really well in a straight role in this film. You totally buy him, even though he's usually just gurning all over the place. So I would give this a three out of five. So with with somebody yelling over my shoulders and saying, "Come over here, Dad! Come over here right now!" We have a final tot We have totted up the numbers, and we have merited everything out of five sean who do you think won this week netflix or cinema i think cinema won it with the with dragon with the with the the,
0: the just ryan the the last uh, dragon ryan the last dragon just by the one point because i think it was all pretty much we must be you know it was all pretty much level except i think it just nabbed the
1: ryan just nabbed it yeah and uh sharon how would you how would you think
2: I agree. I think cinema might have just picked it with um, the help of a dragon. Yes. (laughs)
1: and you would be right for the second week in a row if uh, we're not gonna i mean last week might be under review by the independent adjudicator but we're gonna ignore that <laughs> but second week in a row cinema yeah cinema wins by by yes by point three 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 three, three of a point it's yeah because of raya and the last dragon ryan the last dragon was the only film this week that got anything above three stars so yeah, but uh,
0: nothing. Nothing got lower than
1: three stars. So. Nothing got lower than so three stars. average. Yeah, so it's been. It's been a pretty. There's been nothing. Even though I was expecting a real car crash in <laughs> one film in particular, yeah. That yeah. was going to put. I was expecting that to put Surprise cinema in me. the toilet. Surprise me. toes. I tell you, surprised me. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I, I can seriously see you just sharpening your knives going into that film, going, "Oh yeah, I'm <laughs> gonna rip this one a new one." <laughs> I, could, I could see you doing that going into that film, and so the fact that you said that might make me actually watch it. Because I would imagine that the way you spoke about it, it sounds like you don't need to have watched the previous films in the Soul no, franchise no, to to get on with that film. Alright, cool. So this until that... I
2: haven't seen any of them.
1: <laughs> yeah, same here, same here. I've heard that the first one's good and the first one has quite a quite a clever twist. And then the fact that they what made they made seven no six other films. One of the and the fact that they made six other films and the fifth one was called the final chapter just makes <laughs> me yeah just makes me think oh for goodness sake this oh no just, just leave me alone i i do not need i do not just need to know it. anything about yeah. this just just end it already don't bring it back <laughs> and they try to reboot it with jigsaw and this is kind of like the second reboot of all the. it i'm like oh, i no no i'm tired i do not need this nonsense in my life but anyway till next week yeah, when we will be seeing something in the cinema course. Something yep. in the cinema. I think Sean might actually have something new to see that isn't Peter Rabbit 2.
0: Yes, yes, I said, yeah, there's a couple <laughs> of things. I was just looking at, actually to see what is out, and there's a, that's a quiet place too. Oh, yeah. So that's, quiet that's, place that's, too. Yeah, that's, that's out. out. That's out. And um, anything else? Uh, I might, might go and see Raya and The Last Dragon because you've intrigued me with, with that. And there's then there's
2: a, one other, but I can't think what There's it was a film there.
0: called Land. I it was yeah, I've land. seen. I've seen I a poster, was, yes, that and that's no man's land, but it just says land.
1: Yeah, yeah. I was. I, I saw yeah. a poster for that. Don't have a clue what it's about. So no, I haven't. That, so maybe if I if I find that in the cinema, I might actually try and just go watch that without knowing yeah. anything whatsoever, so. and see what happens.
0: Right, I, wouldn't, cool. I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind seeing Tom and Jerry, but the timing's not going to be right. I don't think.
1: <laughs> okay. Now. Now that. That Tom and this is not the first time they tried to make a Tom <laughs> and Jerry movie. It's not the first time they tried to make a Tom and Jerry movie. And the last time they messed it up royally. Yeah, so I have no expectations of this film, and I am insulted that this film exists. So <laughs> and that is my rant of the day done on Tom and Jerry the latest movie. Uh, so until next week, when we shall see something, and I'll find out exactly how wrong and how prejudiced and big-headed I'm being about Tom and Jerry the movie. It's a goodbye from me. <laughs> And it's a goodbye for me.
2: It's a goodbye for me.
1: We will see you next week. See you next week. All right, cool. I'm going to go try and be a good yeah, dad now. Yeah, go, go <laughs> and be the good
0: dad. Yeah. <laughs>